0: This is Cultivating Convos with the Ohio Department of Agriculture.
1: And It's fun to have everyone else kind of get a little insight into what we do. Farmland forever. Actually, that was the next question I was going to ask you.
0: Shelby, let's
1: wrap <laughs> this thing up. <laughs> Welcome everyone to this week's edition of Cultivating Convos with the Ohio Department of Agriculture. I'm Shelby Croft. Uh, here, my sidekick today, Megan Harshberger. Hey, Megs.
0: Hey, Shelbs. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening in. Um, I, bef- Well, hang on. Before we get started, I just want to say that our dear friend, Katie Boyer, and our producer, this is her last podcast because she's she's ready to have a baby.
1: This yeah, baby's coming baby.
0: out Sunday, whether she wants to or not. So... <laughs> So we want to congratulate Katie and just let our listeners know that this is her last one for a while. So um, we will have our other dear friend, Lauren, filling in. So she'll be joining um, our podcast from time to time. Welcome, Lauren.
1: So excited. Katie, so excited for you. Thank you. I'm excited. And I'll miss everyone, but I'll be back in November. Don't you worry. Exactly. And we'll we'll be sure to give some reports. So, yeah. All right. No, we got the baby talk done. Now yeah. we're totally switching gears today because we are
2: talking about African
1: swine fever. And on our podcast with us to help.
2: Well, thank you guys very much for having me. It's a pleasure.
1: Dr. Summers, why don't you start by, I mean, I just think for anyone out there who, who doesn't know, just explain what African swine fever is.
2: Sure. So African swine fever is a virus that affects pigs. Uh, and it's, it's typically pretty contagious and it's pretty deadly when it gets into a swine population. We are concerned about it because of the viral nature. One, because it's a virus. Uh, it typically would affect uh, anything from you know young piglets to adult, adult animals as well. And it causes some things that you might see would be skin lesions, blotchy skin lesions, vomiting, diarrhea, difficulty breathing, Uh, high fevers things like that it's a really unique virus because it looks a lot like other normal or what we call endemic viruses that that are known within our U.S. uh, pork industry PERS and other uh, viruses like that African swine fever kind of looks like it and so we tend to pay some special attention to this one because it uh, has found a way over time to show very similar clinical signs as as other viruses that we may see every day. So, uh, it's it's definitely uh, a major concern for us here in Ohio and in the U.S.
0: So, Dr. Summers, what do we know about African swine fever? I mean, how does this spread?
2: But, you know, from maybe from one pig to another or from an aborted piglets and things like that, uh, bodily fluids would be the main point of contact. Uh, it's not going to be there is the potential for some aerosol transmission, but that's not quite as frequently. It has to be pretty close proximity to other infected pigs. So we, we know that it can be transmitted between both feral pigs and domestically raised swine. That That is a bit of a concern for us here as we you know, look at this virus and how to have prevention strategies and eradication strategies with this disease if it were ever occur. But that's pr- pretty much your main spread now. There are some unique things with the virus too that it can be spread through some other kind of non direct ways. We do have some concerns about its ability to be transmitted from. Contaminated clothing, you know, so from one producer that uh, doesn't you know, change their their clothing and so you can have the virus that's on bodily fluids that may be splashed onto like your pant leg and your boots and things like that. It can be spread that way. It can also be spread by other bodily fluids like semen and manure and urine and things like that so it can also be spread there and shed in there Uh, we also know that in some countries where it's endemic like Africa south sub-saharan Africa it can be spread by a certain species of tick uh, which we have less of a concern about here in the U.S. but in those other countries there are some ticks that can spread it and uh, our our main concern right now is uh, the kind of the last mechanism of spread is through untreated or poorly processed pork products, meaning hams and cured sausages and these these pork. Products that are made It's got some heat resistance and some other mechanisms mechanisms where it will last for a long time and it's particularly known to be uh, lasting for for many, many months in untreated meat products. So we worry about that as a, as a potential spreading in in other countries through the practices of feeding what we call garbage feeding. So it's not uncommon in some countries, and some some places will do garbage feeding, where you know un, unused uh, human food can be basically cooked, and then and that's a that's a mechanism to feed pigs in some countries. That's another reason where we we recognize that that's another source of spread for the virus.
1: But let's, I, Dr. Summers, I, I want you to clarify though, this is not a
2: public health or food safety issue. It is not a food safety issue for humans. It's an, It's not a pathogen that's gonna make us sick. It does not affect our public health. It does not affect our food safety. So our food supply is safe, even in the event of African swine fever. Our meat is safe for people to eat. We are safe as humans. It's not a pathogen of humans, but we can be potential spreaders or pretend, potentially assist in spreading the disease, you know, from producers for, or veterinarians or people that go on to hog operations that the, the virus may be there, which is not currently in the U.S., but in other countries where it's there, that's a potential uh, preventative strategy to, to reduce that spread. But yes, it's not a, it's not a human safety path or human safety concern. That's right. Thanks for know. clearing that up. <laughs>
0: yes, because I would like to continue to eat bacon at brunch. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, I get that. I get that. I get that.
1: <laughs> All, right. All right. So Meg's can continue to eat bacon. And you just actually brought up a, a point that I think that we should um, expand on. The fact that it isn't here in the U.S., but it is spreading elsewhere. And that is a concern.
2: That's right. So, most people that would probably listen to this podcast, if they if they have anything to do with the pork industry or, or agriculture, they've probably at least heard the, the term African swine fever. And so this virus is not currently in the U.S. It's what we call a foreign animal disease. So it's a disease that potentially, sh- if it's introduced into the United States, has the potential to be widespread and easily disseminated and cause a, a significant, devastating impact on our u.s pork industry Uh, we know that it has been in some other countries for several years and some countries have it endemic again like i mentioned earlier in sub-saharan africa that's why it gets the name african swine fever that's the the original uh, area where this virus was was identified and so it's it's bounced around the globe for a number of years and we've been particularly monitoring it since about 20, about 2018, we started to really take a, an extra special interest as we started to see this virus move across Eastern Europe, where it's endemic in some countries in Eastern Europe. We started to notice that it was popping up in uh, northern parts of China and northern Asia, and since 2018 through t- today, it has continued to move and spread down the, the eastern Asian coast, down and through China into several other countries, including Mongolia, Vietnam, and the Philippines. And uh, as of recently, just a, a few weeks here ago, it was identified now in the Dominican Republic, which for us increases our uh, attention to this virus globally even more. That's significant for us. That's significant for us as regulators, as a state agency, and within the United States that we recognize that this virus has somehow moved from Eastern continental countries to the Western hemisphere. And that marks the first time in 40 years that this virus has been identified down in the Dominican Republic. And that's, that's known at this point. So that is something that, again, we are monitoring because of the way this virus has moved and the routes at which we know that it can be spread as i kind of mentioned earlier uh we worry about this i i don't i perhaps illegal may not be the right word but this this movement of uh, pork products and garbage feeding and some of these other countries is is a common practice you know other countries that don't have quite as stringent regulations as we do garbage feeding and 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 feeding of those uh uncured products that are improperly processed there that's that's a, a big issue and we think that that's a significant player in how this virus is being spread.
0: So Dr. Summers, how do we prepare for something like this? What, you know, would be ODA's role with this disease?
2: So our responsibility is to, you know, here at the Department of Agriculture and, uh, and as, as Interim State veteran, my responsibility and our responsibility is to prepare and 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 educate and try to get our Ohio industry prepared for an incursion or or a a, a virus like this that would come into Ohio. We certainly can't control as a state. I can't control or we can't control what happens in other states, but. All the states in the Union and USDA are all collaboratively working, and that's our responsibility to prepare a response plan. So we are currently working to uh, as we have been for a while now trying to continue to develop uh, a plan. How would we respond? It's our job to respond to this virus being introduced through initial investigations and testing that would be conducted out in the field. Uh, If someone were to have some peculiar illnesses or deaths on a farm that would trigger us to do some diagnostics, and if we were to do that and identify it, that would be the first step in our response process. So our obligation is to start to prepare and, and help the industry get through it in terms of identifying the, the the virus working through the steps of you know getting the premise identified we'd have to quarantine the premise and start to do the eradication because that is the that is the method right now in which we would eradicate it which is what we call stamping out so it is identifying it identifying the herd that has the virus and work to depopulate that herd so that we can quickly control the spread of that virus that's that's the mechanism that we would do our job is to help train and educate, educate the public and educate the producers on what that might look like. And it sounds fairly simple, but it's actually a quite involved process of, of training people to understand who we are and how we respond and what things they can expect. Anything from, you know, again, the quarantine to how how are we going to depopulate your, your herd? How would you get reimbursed from the federal government if that were to, to, to be a factor? How do you dispose of all these, all these, all these carcasses? And then how do you, how do we get you through this, this tragic event within your, within your farming, you know, farming business? How do we get you through that to allow us to, 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 to be viable as, as both the state and, and nationally? Because the key thing to, to, think about here too is, you know, Af- with African swine fever being a foreign animal disease, if it's detected in the U.S. It will, it will have a, a, an almost immediate impact on international trade. And so while the virus is here, we are, would probably not be able to export a lot of our pork products. And in fact, I can almost guarantee you that we there would. There would be some national uh, restrictions and global restrictions on, on our export economy. And so you're looking at a massive, massive uh, devastating event with our US pork economy. So that would be in the the billions of dollars of of lost revenue from export trade. So that's why we take it so serious. That's why we need to to try to help continue to educate and and build uh, response activities and train people on, on how we would respond to it and then help them through that. And so everything from like on the farm to the diagnostics to what we do administratively to get people through those disease events.
1: So we, we're going to continue to talk about this. Uh, we'll have you back and, and others to discuss this on our podcast because we, I mean, this is such a, an important issue, an important topic to get out there. Uh, but right now, for for today's podcast, do you have anything else you you wanted to talk about regarding this?
2: Yeah, I, I would like to say, you know, for 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 anybody that's listening that that does have pigs, even if it's one backyard backyard pig or you're you're a commercial operator you know, we want to continue to make sure that people understand that prevention is the key with the virus. And we we definitely want people to be reaching out to their, their veterinarians or, and, and us here at ODA if you have questions and, and try to maintain those biosecurity measures uh, that we frequently hear at ODA talk about. So we just want to continue to press uh, prevention is the main strategy and that we are doing everything we can here to start to get prepared for this virus and help educate. So I I'd love the opportunity to come back and talk to more depth and and uh, about some more of those other things that we do, but uh, definitely want to get this out that that people need to be aware that, w- that we are doing what we can, and we're trying to get everybody prepared for it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I think this is a start, just conversations like this, just as Shelby said, you know, to our listeners and to those listeners who may be in the ag industry or pork industry, this is definitely something... Um, that we can be talking about. So Dr. Summers, thank you for um, for joining us today and, and sharing your expertise about this disease.
2: I'm always happy to, to have a chat with you ladies. It's, it's been great and I look forward to the next one. So thank you. Thank you, Dr. Summers. And
1: thank you everyone out there for listening. Uh, this concludes Cultivating Convos for this week. We will see you back here next week. Later Gators.
0: Cultivating Convos is created by ODA's communications team. Make sure to hit subscribe to get the latest episodes in your feed and like ODA on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for up-to-date news about agriculture in Ohio.